Hi, and thanks for tuning into the Bacon Wire podcast. On today's episode, we talk about Amani Bates, check in with the MSU football program, talk about the NFL draft, and then Lucas and I wrap up with talk about Tenet because I finally saw it, and a little bit about the MCU. So stay tuned for all of that. Here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I'm not getting emotionally fleeced by dripless LeVar Ball, I'm Spartan Dog 97. Lucas, uh, you know, I feel like I owe you and the listeners of this fine podcast an apology um, for, for, for months now. I have stated uh, and time and time and time again that um, Imani Bates was coming to MSU. There was no reason for him to come to MSU. Otherwise, unless the NBA had changed or eliminated the one and done rule. Um, and here we are. Um, Imani is putting up offers from fucking uh, trying college on his Instagram. Uh, Weird. You know, we're going to look, you know, someone's going to post a screenshot of Amani's Instagram story tomorrow. And it's going to say blessed to receive an offer from Baker college. Uh, go, go bakers, you know, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Glen Oaks community college in Centerville, Michigan offers Amani Bates full ride. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can have all the, you can have all the shitty coffee that's, Third, that's one third grounds from our campus coffee shop that you want, Amani. Uh, that's that's the real bag right there. Everyone knows it's the real bag to drop. Is, yep. is coffee is is shitty coffee. It's yeah. Um, you know, feels bad, man. It really um, does. I'm not exactly. I'm not exactly sure how to approach this, right? Because like he wouldn't, I, I think I can take solace in the fact that he wouldn't decommit from MSU to go to another college. I don't think I'd been wrong about the Bates family before. And who knows? Right. If Penny, if Penny Hardway comes through and says, I'm going to make you an assistant EJ, I'm going to let Amani do whatever the fuck he wants. Then obviously that's a hard deal to turn down. Right. If a coach on the hot seat at a, at a, at a power, at a power five school offers, offers the Bates family, the kind of control they've had, you know, for the past, for, all of Amani's life, that's obviously a little more attractive to them than, than whatever influence they would have at MSU, which would be very little. So, I mean, I, I would like to think that if Amani were to, were to go to, were to decommit from MSU would be because he was going pro, whether he's joining the G league ignite team, which 
I don't know, but I think it's more likely that he's probably going to one of the new leagues that are popping up. The The overtime league is making an aggressive push, uh, you know, into this space. And there's another league that's starting up that I think is started by Kevin Ollie or whatever. I think that's overtime. Oh, okay. So that is the overtime he, league. He's so heading it. Yeah. He's like the main face of it. Well, you know, my thoughts were an initial shock. You know, I texted you when it happened and um, I was upset, but, you know, I think it's just best as a fan base to say, okay, you know, whatever, good luck and whatever you do. And I'm going to, here's where, you know, listen, I'm not a big, I'm not a big tweeting at college kids, tweeting at teenagers guy. No, but if he goes to a different college, I'm declaring war. It's, it's, it's war on Elgin Bates. That that's where I'm at right now. I don't, you know, Amani is, it is what it is, but if Elgin wants to do his best LeVar ball impression, then he will be treated with extreme prejudice by me. Yeah. I, I will, I'll do anything and everything to get that motherfucker canceled. It's, it's weird that they did say college or pro like, well, because it's that makes, just that makes me nervous. It, it, it a tiny bit nervous. Like again, I I'm out of I I'm out of predicting what Imani Bates is going to end up doing with the rest of his with the rest of his basketball career because right. obviously I I don't fucking know shit. But one of us do. My my gut instinct is that he he only is he only left open the possibility of going to college so that he could continue to build clout. Right. He can post that he got offers from George Mason and uh, fucking uh, Hope College, mid Michigan community college. And, you know, uh, the, the Wayne County community college district uh, home seven year home of of Greg Hans of Greg Henson <laughs> all time moment that Sab posted that look <laughs> not ten fucking years <laughs> how long it took him to graduate I just had to bring that that is one of the funniest tweets ever um I mean at least Van Wilder partied the most Greg Henson ever partied was going to a cross burning and drinking Bud Heavies under under his hood. Like, you know, I, I, I'm just like, I listened to Titus and Tate today and, um, you know, they're, they're thinking that Elgin is doing this for clout with the, with the reopening commitment, which he is, I mean, like that's, that's the only reason to do it. Right. If you're reopening your recruitment, if you reopen your recruitment, you're doing it for clout. If you decommit and immediately commit somewhere else, you're doing it because you're looking for a better fit. The only reason you decommit from a place and open your recruitment and leave open all these possible avenues for you is solely because you you want clout. You're out for clout. That's yeah. what, that's what you that's what you're seeking ultimately. And, and like they they brought up a good point like you know all of his friends are going, "Hey, look at all the offers I'm getting from these schools." And you know for Amani Bates it was basically like no one was offering him because they all knew it was either Michigan state or the pros, you know, back in June and leading up to that. 
So they were thinking, you know, and I, I'm kind of on their side, you know, it's definitely to get that, you know, like in June, whenever he committed in June, you know, we had that emergency podcast, shout out uh, Quinn. We, um, you know, we were just like, he, Imani Bates was trending, you know, Imani just seeing his name all over Twitter, all over ESPN, you know, he's on sports center for pretty much a whole day. And now it's been pretty silent. So like, this is something to get him back in the news. Well, yeah. Cause his dad started a prep school and all that prep school did was get their shit kicked in by IMG. That's the most notable yeah. achievement that, that Yipsy prep is two things. Yipsy prep did was kick out a potential future teammate of Imani Bates mm-hmm. for not passing him the ball. Mm-hmm. And getting their getting their um as Sav likes to say it, their asses shitted by <laughs> IMG live on Fox Sports One. Yeah, and you know, there was a couple games that made me a little alarmed. And I get, you know, it's not like Amani was gonna come here and put up 40 every night. There's no fucking way. But you know, he said he wanted to be he said, you know, it, it just bugs me because Elgin said, you know, he wanted to be pushed by a coach. He wanted he wanted to be coached and he's either going to pro or going to a place where, like you said, Elgin's going to get a bag and be the assistant and will Wade or, um, you know, I forget who you said, who else he's LSU. And um, I mean, the only way, the only way this ends with Amani, like still going to college, like the only way Amani still goes to college is if he plays for Rick is if he plays for Rick Pitino. I mean, that's the only way this or will wait. Or Coach K. He's if Coach, if Coach K, K really wanted him, I think he could get him. Yeah, probably. But I don't know. I think Coach K is on the way out. That's a hot take. We don't have to talk about it right now. We can talk later. Um, I just think I just think Coach K is like kind of kind of making an exit, kind of we'll planning talk, an exit strategy. We'll talk about it right before college hoops start. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like it's gonna be first school who like. Hires Elgin as an assistant. Yeah, Memphis. That's right. That's the other one you brought. Memphis, you know, or Will Wade. Will Wade at LSU. He could be the head coach for all they care. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> uh, he'd probably make better late game decisions than Will Wade. It might be good for his job if he just lets Elgin take over in the final two minutes. Will Will Wade's literally just like um, Coach uh, Henry. I forget Coach Boyu. No. You know what I mean? The, the coach, Henry Winkler and the water boy, when he's like at halftime and they're getting their ass kicked, he's just like, anybody got any ideas? It's, uh, it's, like, it's like Jim from American Pie, where he just, he just blows his load too early all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, made it, he's made these deep tournament runs. And then, and then soon, Nadia comes along. Yeah, and- as soon as Nadia puts her, puts her hand on his stomach, he's just, he's, he blows his load in front of Mark Hoppus and Blink-182. And a monkey. Yeah, and a monkey. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I Like, I wish him luck right now, but, like, if I see him with a fucking Duke jersey on, oh, man. I, I, I've, I've said to myself, I won't get... He's above Leitner. If he does that, he's above Leitner. He's above Leitner. He's above Grayson Allen. He's the title, yeah. He's above J.J. Redick. He's like, above... He's above Brad Davison. He becomes Ooh. the most hateable basketball player in, in the Michigan State fan base. He's well, above Iggy. We would play them probably. Yeah, he's above Iggy. He's above Mo Wagner. He He's going to take the cake if he does that. Like, you know, if 
if he plays in like a Memphis jersey, I'll just kind of be like, eh. Or, you know, uh, an LSU jersey because the odds of playing them are slim. Listen, but if he – I think he's going pro. If he plays college, it's war on Elgin. If he goes to Duke, it's war on them both. I agree with that. There's no that, – that that's like uh, – that's like killing a hostage type shit. There's no going back from that. <laughs> that's 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 being born on land with fertile oil and not give and not handing it over to to the United States. Right. That's the kind of aggression you're you're taking when you when you decommit from Michigan State and go to Duke. I don't think you do that, but like you know, I I vowed to not get as butt hurt over recruits since Jabari Parker back in the day, and that that broke me for a couple days. You know, I was like devotee with it. And I just realized they're fucking kids, you know, they're going to make, they're going to make a decision and I might not like it, but it's not my place to say here or there. And this is just weird timing, but I, I really wish, I'd really like to hear, you know, a, a, a story about it someday, not like a whole book, you know, John U. Bacon book, but like, Something is interesting because, you know, we've always, you know, we've been hovering around the topic of where do we fill these two scholarships? You know, we were always like, Amani gets one, you know, they're not going to give one to Steven Izzo. You know, there, I don't think there's any way unless it's literally like there's one sitting here the whole year, whatever. But I wonder if MSU reached out to them and were like, Hey, you know, what are you guys just, just kind of kicking the tires and then maybe they got mad. Like if they're that, if they're that, you know, arrogant, they got mad. I don't think they're that. They're like that, but it, you know, it just felt weird when it happened. Yeah, it just kind of felt. It it felt like. To me, it felt like Elgin. I don't know. I don't know what to make of Elgin Bates anymore. I mean, I called him dripless LeVar Ball at the top of the show. Um, you know, uh, it, it's like uh, it's like Britney Spears' dad, you know, like oh. we, we're going to have to start a free Imani hashtag. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, fucking, fucking, uh, fucking Joe Jackson without the fedora. <laughs> I, you know i hope he goes pro just for msu's sake because god if he commits to another school oh twitter's gonna be a shithole for like a week it'll be it'll be fucking war on elgin bates i mean i'm i'm straight up like i will i will unleash we as as bacon warrior will we will we will unleash the sponge just uh it'll and it'll get ugly yeah it's it's gonna get bad yeah um but let's just let's just say he goes to the pros for now yeah he's probably gonna go to the pros i as far as i'm concerned that would be the only reason for him to decommit um i i I think elgin got a bag from um igniter overtime Oh yeah, for sure. Elgin, Elgin got because Kevin Ollie's a cheater, so I bet he, I bet he did throw. Yeah, Kevin Ollie went to Elgin and said, "We'll let you coach Imani's team because they don't have teams yet. I mean, they'll just, you know, we'll we'll base you out of wherever. You can do whatever you want. It's your team. That's exactly what happened, right? So, you know, because they don't even have the format of the league set up. 
So they're, they're going to let, you know, we'll give, we'll pay Imani more money than anyone else. We'll pay you more money than anyone else to coach Imani's team. Right. And that's what it's about. It's about control. It was the, you know, it was the, it was the point in that 8,000 word Brendan Quinn article. I spent tearing to shreds only for him to be right. Yep. That's what I'm most mad about. Honestly, is that I spent an inordinate amount of energy reading and then responding to a Brendan Quinn athletic article only for him to then be correct in his assumption that Amani would not play at MSU. That's the thing I'm most pissed off about. It's kind of like, it's kind of like seeing an ex in a relationship. You're like, fuck. Yeah. Like, like, you know that they're like a human being and like, they're probably deserved to be happy, but at the same time they can go fuck themselves and die in a hole. Pretty much. That's kind of where, that's kind of where I'm at with this Brendan Quinn stuff. Not that I've ever dated Brendan Quinn. Um, my haircut, my haircut isn't, isn't silky enough for him. Um, I don't, my fate isn't, my fate isn't filthy enough. I didn't read that whole article because, you know, I listened to Couch in the Room and Graham was just like, this is a spot on article. I'm like, oh, I can't take this anymore. Cause you know, I was just, we were all the bullheaded, like he's coming here. This is stupid. We know more than this guy does. And he probably got the text on the golf course that Imani decommitted and like did the Robert Redford gift where he just nods his head. <laughs> oh man. Just so, looks yeah. at his phone and nods his head and then goes and, you know, plays a couple more rounds. So, yeah, we might as well just, you know, at this point, uh, we might as well just hop from, from pain to pain. Yeah, let's just do it. Uh, so Michigan state football. Um, I think it's time to kind of have a bit of a progress report about Michigan state football. Um, in the past, in the past, in the past week or so, um, it's, it, you know, it's, it's been better. Yeah. Um, you know, first AJ Duffy, um, 2022 recruit who MSU was going after heavily, uh, commits to Florida state. And then, uh, we lose out, we lose out on a transfer wide receiver. Uh, Jesus. Um, Jameson. Jameson Williams. We lose out on Jameson Williams, who was transferring from Ohio State to Alabama. And it was basically down to MSU and Alabama. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, you know, I, I think – Shit like this sucks, right? I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I think we have to be willing to give Mel until 2023. Um, if he, you know, because based on everything, like on the recruiting front, right? If if the recruiting classes don't improve by 2023, I'm I'm ready to move on, regardless of the on-field result. Right, because Mel's whole thing when he first got here was if you can't recruit at Michigan State, you can't recruit. Right. He was he was I wouldn't say chirping, but that was one of his biggest talking points. So you know winning Detroit and all that too. Right. So if you're not doing that by 2023, as as Michigan and Penn State are, you know, are becoming more and are kind of, are kind of losing stability and you're gaining momentum. 
then I have to call and question your recruiting ability. Yeah. And, you know, he's Tucker's done a hell of a job in the portal, but he says he doesn't want to utilize the portal. He want, you know, he wants to sell high school kids. And, you know, the, the harsh reality is, you know, until the, until that, until the Ashiba bags drop and we get those new football facilities up and running, MSU's, MSU's kind of, kind of in the middle, the bottom, bottom half of, of facilities in the big 10, uh, you know, the culture just the culture needs to be built back up and there's just you know and it's gonna be hard to get a lot of kids to to stay in Michigan or or come to Michigan you know so if Mel wants this national base and winning Detroit there needs to be a culture at MSU and I think he's working on it but I think to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, you know, Tucker's in major trouble, I think is a little bit premature. Um, you right. know, considering where we were, like, you know, one game in last year. Right. I mean, look at the, you know, mm-hmm. look at the town, look at the roster he was left. Was it great? A roster that was so. That was so bottom of the barrel that an 80-year draft streak ended. 80, it was the third highest behind Michigan and um, USC. Yeah, USC. And it's fucking gone. And it's gone. And it's gone. <laughs> I just I don't know. I like if people are defending D'Antonio at this point. Fuck them. Then fucking leave, leave the fan, leave, leave MSU. Fucking burn your diploma. Fucking, if you're a student defending D'Antonio, fucking transfer. I don't want you associated with Michigan State. Get the fuck out. Because you're fucking useless. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've had it with the people, you know, we're close with some of those people who are just like, no, we're not going to slander Antonio. Yeah, I think it's okay to slander him. And you know that Colton Pouncey article I read, it was, and that's this is what I said leading up to you know that final round of the draft. Where it's like fuck, this isn't going to happen. It is the final stain on the legacy of Mark D'Antonio. And it, it like what Colton said, it basically started with that rotten 2016 class. Not rotten people, but you know. How I just oh, a couple rotted. of them, a couple of them, a couple were rotten, but you know, not not everyone. You know, there were good people on both sides, and um, uh, sorry, that was, <laughs> but you know, there were there were good people in that class. But so I'm just, it was a rotten situation, and you know how the locker room just lost control when you know Trump won, and I'm you know Riley Bulla and the gang were going MAGA, you know that doesn't help, and it it just feels like. You know, like I said last week, you know, with with Carter and, and Mr. Landis and um and Crappy, no, wait, Matt, Matt, yeah, <laughs> he's gonna be so pissed when he hears. I'm that. sorry, I've I've had a long ass day. I've been up since five a.m. Um, you know, 
it's basically what I said last week. It is the la- it is the lasting legacy of D'Antonio. And, you know, if you talked to me two years ago, I probably would have said, sure, he can build a statue. But I don't know if I want a statue of him built. Like you said, Duffy gets a statue. And yeah, I mean, if, if any MSU coach deserves a statue, it's Duffy. Or it's George title, like you said, and he was huge with integration. Right. I mean, he's important to the social fabric of the sport, and he, Andy won national titles, and he doesn't have a statue. So, I, I'm just very disappointed that it ended. It's not like it's the most important streak in the world, you know. I valued Izzo's Final Four streak a lot more, but you know, it was cool to see one of three teams, you know, MSU up there, 80 plus years, and now we have to start over, and. Think I, I just want if if you're defending D'Antonio still after oh, all this, <laughs> think about this. Muddy Waters got a player drafted every year he was coach at Michigan John State University. John L. Smith, pucker, 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 got <laughs> a player drafted every year he was at he was head coach of Michigan State University. Bobby fucking Williams did it. He Bobby Williams roster though. Bobby Williams did it. The fucking the ghost of George Perlis did it. <sighs> it. I'd like to have some D'Antonio defenders on and have like not a heated argument, but like a nice roundtable discussion someday. If like I, we're not we're not trying to bag you, but we're just trying to understand your situation because there are people I follow on Twitter. There's one guy who's literally just like, do not slander him, and it's like. <sighs> Man, you know, your argument's getting worse and worse as time goes on. No, I'm, I'm ready to body D'Antonio defend. Honestly, if you're a D'Antonio defender, you're lower on the totem pole than Michigan fans. Ooh, wow. You do the same things that Michigan fans do. You glorify the past while ignoring the current institutional rot that exists at the program. And you think you're better than Michigan fans because it happened more recently right than it did at michigan right because because you can go back and watch all of d'antonio's greatest coaching performances in hd doesn't mean that his leg doesn't mean that he's infallible yeah you're dead on you know and uh, and now People want to look at Tucker and go, why aren't you recruiting well when he hasn't been able to have players on campus in over a year, when he took the job a month before the fucking world shut down, when when he's had to deal with players dealing with long-term effects of having COVID, of you know, of trying to keep a, a, a global pandemic contained within a campus community, which as we've seen throughout the pandemic is not fucking easy. Mm -hmm. And you want to, and you want to criticize Tucker because a high school kid looks at, looks in, looks around East Lansing and goes, nah, I'd rather, I'd rather play in Tallahassee. Yeah. Right now, the state of the state of the program right now, do you blame AJ Duffy? for choosing Florida state over Michigan state. No, he has no, he has no affection towards Michigan state. He owes, he owes Michigan state nothing. He's not from the state of Michigan. 
no, it was nice to be in contention, but eventually, like you alluding, going full circle to what you started with, uh, Mel Tucker, you know, by 2023, we got to win these battles. Right. But it starts on the field. It, it, if, if the on-field results get better, the recruits will come. And that's what D'Antonio did in his prime. The recruits were coming. But Tucker is not afraid to keep it up if something bad happens to a class. That's what I firmly believe would happen. Yeah, and I mean, we don't have to talk about the talk about the Stefan Johnson stuff. No, it's it's done. It is what it is. Emmett, Tucker and MSU did the right thing. They pulled his scholarship. He's no longer coming. Um, he's a piece of shit. Uh, yeah. You know, that's that. Um, and, you know, I, I alluding to, you know, going, going back again to, you know, people blaming Tucker for this draft streak. Like, that's the fucking dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, if, if it were a full season, non-COVID, sure. But, I mean, it's not like Shakur Brown was one of his guys. So, or, or Raekwon Williams. Or... Yeah, none of those guys were his. So, I'm not going to hold judgment, but I highly doubt Mel Tucker goes a year without getting guys drafted once they're in his conditioning and in his system and in his program fully. I mean, I, shit. I, I mean, look, Jalen Naylor, I mean, he looks like two fucking different people. <laughs> looks like he just is a, just a big giant brick. He looks like he, he looks like he swallowed like a, it looks like he swallowed a massive square. I know. Much is, and his, it's just his upper body is insane. Yeah, it's like it. It's like in cartoons where they swallow a big piece of food, and you can yeah. still see it in like their body outline. That's what it looks like. <laughs> well, Jaden and Jaden Reed look, didn't look like that different, but he just looked beefier. If you tried to punch Jaden Reed in the gut, you'd break your fucking hand. Yeah. I mean, they really did say it was going to be the most intense four-month, four- or five-month program in the history of college football, and it sure as hell looks like it's paying off. But, you know, the draft streak is over. It sucks. And I'm just going to say thanks, Antonio. And, you know, I, like I said last week, I don't like him being around right now. I think it's too soon, the way he left things. I want him to go away for a couple of years. And then – and then, like, if Mel Tucker starts to get to 9, 10 wins and goes to Indy once in a while, then we can have the conversation of him coming back as much as he wants. That's how I feel. I I, I said it last week on the pod. I'll reiterate. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to forgive D'Antonio until Michigan State makes it back to Indy. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm, I'm right there with you. That's where I'm at. It, I, you know – Mark D'Antonio is persona is persona non grata to me until Michigan state goes back to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's fair based on, based on the heights he took the program to and the height and the depths he left the program in. And if you have a problem with that one, you're not listening to this fucking podcast anyway uh-huh. Two, yeah. uh, if you are listening to this podcast and you do have a problem with it, please, Reach out to us. We'll have you on. We'll have yep. a debate. We'll treat you better than we treated Akil. That I promise you. You're not. You're not going to get hung up on or, or bashed. We. I just want to have a discussion about. Like I just want to poke someone's brain who is that dedicated to not the bit, but just that dedicated to that belief. Right. It's it. 
like it's not on the same level, right? Because it's not, but it does remind me a lot of QAnon. Just that people are, it, it like consumes everything around it and it's constantly shifting goalposts. It can be wrong so many times about so many things. And it's still, there's still mole children hidden in underground bunkers and everyone's replaced with a clone and JFK Jr. is wearing, is wearing Mike Pence's skin around the White House and is going to reveal himself on January 7th or whatever. <laughs> so that's, that's where I'm at. You know, that's, that's where I'm at with Michigan State football. It, it's Tucker, you know, on the recruiting front, I'm willing to give Tucker another year or two, but I need to see I need to see some on-field improvement this season. I need to see some schematic improvements. I need to see some play. I need to see some play calling improvements, and yeah, I need to see an improvement in play. Yeah, I want to see what Jay Johnson's got cooking. Yeah, I you know I want to see you know. I don't I don't necessarily I don't have I don't necessarily have a horse. In, well, that's that's not true. I do. I want Ham Fay. Um, <laughs> you know, Brett, 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 and I are Brett and I are president, are co-presidents of the of the Ham Fay uh, Stand Club. Um, I'm on board as a treasurer just because we talked to him a couple times, and I like what I saw out of him. Not we didn't see a ton in the spring game, but I liked what I saw. We are modeling our approach after K-pop Twitter. So um, if you if you slander Ham Fay, we are constantly searching his name, and <laughs> we will be we as soon as we get some more footage of him in action, we will be making fan cams, and we will be posting them in replies to tweets <laughs> that have nothing to do with football at all. You've been warned. It'll be a fan cam of Ham Fay will be in the top five replies of a New York Times article tweet about Biden's infrastructure plan or whatever. It'll say, anyways, anyways, child, Stan Hamp Fay. <laughs> and then it'll be clips of Hamp Fay just absolutely throwing piss missiles to Nicki Minaj's song. I'm bored with that. Uh, Hamp Fay throwing the ball to Jaden Naylor, just putting it right in this bread basket. And in the background here, I never fucked Wayne. I never fucked Drake. <laughs> it's going to be glorious. So let's zoom out and talk about the NFL draft as a whole. Personally, from my perspective, the Lions made a lot of boring picks, but I think they ultimately made the correct ones. And I think if if you're going to undertake a building experiment as intense as the one Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell are undertaking in Detroit, that's kind of what you need to do. You know, Bob Quinn, who the fuck knows what Bob Quinn would have done at seven. He probably would have traded up to three and taken Kyle Pitts. Uh, <laughs> taking Kyle Trask or some, crazy ass shit yeah he would have taken fucking uh <laughs> uh but no i think you know Panay sewell was was ultimately the right pick you know did i want justin fields yeah but ultimately cap situation wise it doesn't make sense to to draft a young quarterback when you 
you know, when, when you have so much money committed to, to the one you have, right. That's and why for two years too. Right. I mean, you have to have him for two years. I mean, his, his dead cap hit makes. I had to let my cat out. Uh, <laughs> his dead cap hit is too high. If you move yeah. him or if you cut him. So, and you know, the, the calculus now is get a young quarterback and build a super team around him and win on his rookie deal and then give him his mega extension and then just kind of figure it out from there. Yeah. I mean, that's what the Chiefs have done. That's what the the Seahawks have done with Russell Wilson. Uh, it's, what the, <laughs> it's what the Raiders did with Derek Carr. <laughs> oh, it really went down a level. <laughs> Uh, it's what the it's what the Vikings did with Kirk Cousins, you know. It's it's just a matter of, you know, Lamar's going to be next, and you know, it's what the Cowboys are doing right now with Dak. I'm curious to see how that works out. Yeah, no, me too. But you know, I just, you know, golf. Like I said, golf. If golf is going to be a tank commander, I don't think we have a better tank command. I don't think there's a better tank commander in the NFL other than maybe David Blau. Yeah, um, he was pretty good, but like you know, like no one wants to outwardly tank in the NFL, right? It's it's bad sportsmanship. Like uh, the Pistons are playing the Magic tonight. Oh man, there's like ten players from each team sitting out. Yeah, they're uh, essentially like if another player goes out, they're gonna have to. Dwayne Casey is gonna have to suit up and run point. Just pointing a fan in the stands. Hey, yeah. It'll be like the the 2006 Mark Mark Wahlberg vehicle, Invincible. (laughs) (laughs) They're winning right now, too. Of course they are, because they need to lose. 26-21 after one. Like, of course the Pistons are going to blow. Because doesn't Orlando have a worse pit or worse record? Yeah. I think it's not by much. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily matter because the NBA uses a draft lottery system, but right, like in going in with the best odds doesn't necessarily help you. I mean, ask oh, ask are worse. Okay, ask the Sixers. You know, right? They they've been worse by a game. They've been fucked over a number of times in their in their tanking era. So the Suns, you know, uh, but yeah, you know, I. All in all, I really liked the I really liked the Lions draft. Um, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see to see how they how they address how they address some of the other needs they have. Uh, because I still think I still think the entire linebacking core needs to be overhauled, and I think they might have picked up one linebacker via the draft. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> America's <laughs> America's sweetheart Jelani Tavai. You've got that dude with like runs like a four eight forty back there. You're fine. Jelani Tavai is the is the Internet Explorer of linebackers. He's the Netscape. Of yeah, <laughs> he's if if uh, <laughs> if Luke Keekley was like uh, was like a state of the art gaming computer with like. An RTX 3090 and like a Ryzen 9 5900X. 
and like 64 gigabytes of 3,600 megahertz RAM and a two terabyte NVMe storage drive. I've lost everybody. Then, uh, then Jelani Tavai is like the beige gateway in your grandma's basement that still takes floppy disk. <laughs> he's the Walmart HP laptop you go buy for like 98 bucks. Yeah, he's the he's the <laughs> he's the Chromebook your kids get from school <laughs> from their school. He's a he's a kids he's a he's a four-year-old iPad that the parents gave to a kids and put one of those handle cases on it. Oh yeah, the plastic handle case. Yeah, the plastic handle case that is just covered in snot. I mean just oh. absolutely the image is blurry, not because it's not because the screen is going, but because there's a fine, there's a fine layer of snot and piss and sticky hands. Ugh. From watching Cocomelon videos, just fucking caked on that iPad. That's what Jelani Tavai is. Is a is a snot is a snot caked iPad of a football player. You went there. I went there, picked it up, brought it all the way back. I like the I like their draft though. They they shored up the offensive line a little bit more, which needed help. Um, because they gotta protect Goff. Unless they don't want to protect Goff, and the tank commander is doing this job. But you know, they were 30th in the rushing offense last year. And I think Sewell will help along with um Wagner. And uh, Ragnow, Ragnow, yeah, Ragnow and Decker coming off decent years. Um, and then they, they want defense for the most part, except for a wide receiver and a running back later. Yeah, That's I just- actually like the um, Amron St. Brown pick in the fourth round. I thought that was a good value pick. Yeah, he's Equinemius's uh, little brother. Yeah, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I saw some of the, um, I, I, I watched some of his tape, you know, and, and he's definitely got some of that big playability. Yeah. So, you know, is he going to be a wide receiver? Is he going to be WR1? No. Probably not. But, uh, you know, not having a WR1 this year isn't necessarily a bad thing either, you know. Right. He might He might get playing time pretty quickly, though. Yeah. And, you know, I think this year is going to be good because a lot of these rookies and a lot of these younger guys who kind of came in at the tail end of the Bob Quinn era is, you know, it's going to be a good nut up or shut up. Right. Right. Like shit, new sheriffs in town. Show me you deserve to be here. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm personally, I'm excited. I was very excited by their draft. You know, I didn't need them to go. I didn't need them to draft a linebacker just to just because the whole linebacker room needs to be overhauled. Carlos Monterez, you fucking bitch. <laughs> fucking bitch. Fucking bitch. Oh. If, if the Lions ever won a Super Bowl, Carlos Monterez would go, why winning the Super Bowl is actually bad for the Lions. <laughs> that would be the title of his article. Super Bowl grade for the Lions, D plus. Yeah. And a win. That's what he did. That's what he would do. Here's here's why they failed in the Super Bowl victory. Dan Campbell didn't physically bite off someone's kneecaps. D plus. Oh. 
So, uh, you know, Lucas, your Rams, uh, they didn't have a lot of draft picks. Uh, and Les Snead got COVID. But yeah. other other than that, how do you feel like your how do you feel like your your Los Angeles Rams did? They made some trades. They had nine picks. Um, I like you know they kind of needed to stretch the defense a little bit. I think that was their problem last year, especially with like Green Bay. Like their receivers could run the routes, but they really didn't have like a playmaker. You know, a guy like back in the day Tavon Austin, who could who was small but speedy and could could change a game you know they were really shitty games really shitty teams but he could change a game and i like the 2-2 at well pick at you know um 57th overall i think he's a good he's pretty good grade you know it's a value pick um and i did like that they picked up another tackle bobby brown from AM. you know we were kind of talking about that you know just to help out donald you know in in case something does happen from this from this lawsuit or not, not even had a lawsuit anymore. I don't know if anything's going to happen. But no, they, it's completely dropped, but you it's know, gone. it's always good to have depth in the trenches, right? Because but yeah, I, I've said that before, before this even happened, like he just, he can't do it all. And it's not like he's getting younger. He's still in his prime for quite a while. You know, he's not going to be in a bargain bin like JJ Watt has been, but um I like the, I like the draft and I like that they traded to get some more picks. Like they just made pretty safe picks, you know, swapping with people, you know, people that want to trade up mostly were trading with the Rams. So I think they figured it out for a little bit and um, I'm just, I'm just excited. I can't wait for, you know, if there's going to be a preseason, I can't wait to watch it because I think Stafford's going to play a decent amount. I don't think he's going to play every game, but I think we're going to see him at least once a game. Well, yeah. I mean, as far as I'm, you know, it, part of this new 17 game season is that they, they basically eliminated one of the preseason games. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how coaches respond to that. Right. Because right. basically the, the four preseason games were uh, basically like everyone gets playing time, right. It's kind of spread out evenly amongst, amongst everybody. The second game are like the, are like the guys who are definitely going to make the 53 man roster that aren't necessarily starters, right? Mm-hmm. It's just kind of organizing the depth chart. The third preseason game was the tune up game. Yeah. Where the starters played most, played they most play of the first half. half. Yeah. Played most of the first half and then yeah. kind of, and then everyone else kind of got in. And then the fourth game was where they kind of, where they kind of short, where they kind of settled on, you know, I think uh, Hard Knocks put it as like, 47 through 53. Yeah. You know, that's where they got down to, you know, those final, those final few spots. So it'll be interesting to see how, how the, how coaches around the league decide to approach it. And if they approach it differently, right. I can definitely see, um, I can definitely see Tampa going, you know, kind of ditching the ditching the, we're going to use a game for a season tune up. Yeah. You know, and kind of preserve, kind of preserve everybody. I can see a team like the Lions kind of kind of giving the starters a lot of run. Um, I, I think Goff's going to see a lot of preseason action. Yeah, so you know that that'll be the most interesting part to me is like how is how coaches around the league adapt and whether it's going to be uniform or if every coach is going to treat it a little differently. At least for this season, I'm sure there will be a I'm sure there will be a norm next year, but 
you know, this is kind of new territory. It'll be interesting to see like what, what game strategy they eliminate, you know, do they eliminate the, the depth chart movement game? Do they eliminate the tune-up game? Do they eliminate, do they eliminate the depth, the depth game, things like that. Right. I just can't, it's going to be weird to see Goff in the Honolulu blue and it's going to be weird to see Stafford, you know, in the, the white or the yellow and blue in the Rams. Yeah. That's, no, that's going to take some getting used to. Don't forget the bone, the bone white of the, of the away jerseys. The, the, don't mind them. The khaki. <laughs> Doctor's khaki. Yeah. The doctor, the, the Jim Harbaugh's <laughs> blue, yellow, and blue, yellow, and khaki. Um, yeah, I just can't wait for football. It got me in the mood. Like I was watching it when I wasn't doing shit around the house or, you know, working. It just got me in the mood for football again. Like I, it, it felt normal. Like, you know, nature is healing. Roger Goodell can hug and awkwardly get close to the players. And th- that cow- that was <laughs> – I can't get over him bringing that couch on stage. <laughs> the chair? Yeah. That He's was – ass sitting in it for three days. That was something that was something that like some NFL exec stoner nephew brought up at like a family dinner one time. Dude, you should you should bring that couch out. Yeah. <laughs> some guy some guys some guy was hosting some guy who's high up in the NFL was hosting Thanksgiving and the and all the kids were hotboxing a car listening to part of my take. <laughs> and they came back in going, the chair was so fucking funny. <laughs> and it's, it's, or it's like uh, Randy when the, in that sarcastic ball episode, just like, oh yeah, you should really bring the chair on stage, Roger. I think people would really love that. And Roger's just so dumb, just so, you know, oblivious to, to the sarcasm. He goes, huh, okay, I'll do that then. Oh yeah, people would really love it. I did. I did enjoy the atmosphere. I gotta say, I did enjoy the atmosphere of having an in-person live draft again. Yeah, it was cool. But um, Cleveland fans were Cleveland fans were too happy. Were too happy about the status of their football team in order to properly boo Goodell. Yeah, they they've it, had it. They've had it pretty good. Well, they yeah. had it pretty good last year. It should have been. It should have been in a place like it should have been in Dallas. Or. Boston, you know, someplace where Goodell's just where it's just gonna it's gonna be deafening. Detroit, I mean, you know, about that playoff game. Yeah, I mean that, yeah. Or you know, Cleveland, they're a little, you know, everything everything's kind of looking up for the Browns. You know, they're not really sign Malik McDowell today. Yeah. Malik. Yeah. That'll be a great comeback story. I'm I'm rooting for Malik. I hope he me too. I hope he. I hope he is able to kind of be a difference maker and kind of get his get his shit right, because he was a hell of a player when he played for MSU. If Josh Gordon can get fifty second chances, I think Malik Madal should get a shot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm. I, w- I was pleasantly surprised to see Malik McDowell come up on 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 Shefty's on Shefty's timeline. In a good way too. In a good way. Yeah, in a positive way. In a positive way. Sorry, I just wanted to bring that up since we were talking Browns. Yeah. Uh, letter grade for the Rams, Lucas, before we move on. Uh, I'll go B. I think I'm going to give, I think I'm going to give the lines a B. I'm going to give them a B plus. Um, you know, 
I, I think, you know, I, I liked the Sewell pick, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and in the later rounds, they did what they did, what teams who are trying to build depth do. They just take the best player available. Yeah. Like that's what Bob Quinn or that's what Bob Quinn would have done is you would have just looked at what Mel Kuyper was saying for, he would have been watching ESPN and then going, okay, we should definitely take that guy then. Yeah. Except instead of trusting Mel Kuyper, fucking Polly Walnuts looking motherfucker. The weirdest guy I've ever heard about. Like he eats a pumpkin pie a day. He goes through one lazy boy a year and he's never taken a piss or shit at all while they were on TV for the draft for like 30 years, which I call bullshit on, but who knows? Maybe he just wears a big diaper and shits himself all day. <laughs> I <laughs> That's my new conspiracy theory. He wears a diaper. <laughs> I want to believe. Is that Mel Kuyper? Mel Kuyper inserts a catheter before every draft. <laughs> There's just a, pants in front of everybody. Uh, there we go. And Todd, uh, Todd, Todd. All right, Todd, just, Todd. Okay, good. There's <laughs> just like a 50 quart Rubbermaid, uh, Rubbermaid tub under the oh. under the <laughs> under the desk. <laughs> oh, oh, just one giant piss bucket. Yeah, Greedy gets up. Greedy gets up, makes a wrong step, and steps into the piss bucket. <laughs> trips over it. <laughs> <laughs> drips all over some poor intern underneath the stage <laughs> i want to believe that's my new theory now um some people have QAnon. we have mel kuyper pisses into a rubbermaid tub piss, under, the, piss under the under the nfl draft desk <laughs> like and i mean i we should just start doing bacon wire um draft predictions for the first round because we could probably get it right just as much as these guys do. Oh, yeah, for sure. We could probably put in uh, 15 minutes worth of work in one night and go, okay, here's our mock draft. And then we'd probably hit on as many as they do. Oh, yeah, for sure. No doubt. <laughs> um, What was I going to say? I don't know. Um, Lucas, guess what? Uh, I finally watched Tenet. You hated it. No, I thought it was – I thought it was – pretty good yeah um I, I, I can see why people i can see all the different reasons i watched it last night too i appreciate um i appreciate that chris nolan uh went to such lengths to make a time travel movie but never say the words time travel there were at least four right. there were at least four scenes of people explaining how how inversion works right <laughs> but they and, never say time travel and at no point are the words time traveled even uttered i think you see you hear about time like you hear the protagonist say time a couple a couple of times but like yeah they it's yeah, it's like uh, he was when he was drafting a word. He made sure he did a word search for travel, and he did Control F. He did Control F to find travel, and they replaced it with inversion. Yeah, you know, I watched it again last night, and I think it's I think it's a good movie. Um, I mean, it's 
I enjoy it a lot because, you know, I'm obviously a big simp for him. But, I mean, I can see I can see all the faults that it has. And, like, it is a little long. And the sound, like, man, I'll never forget watching the theaters because how fucking loud it was. But yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I do have a pretty nice, like, I have a sound bar, so you know, it's yeah. not like I'm, I'm rocking an Atmos home theater setup. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I think I don't know if like it was just like the, the, the way it had to be, the way some of the compression had to be done in order to, in order to stream it, or it was like the way my street, the way I have my, my. Uh, my soundbar configured or anything, but like, I, I don't know if they fixed the mix for the home release or anything, but I did feel like, I did feel like it was a little more, but it was a little more um, coherent. Like I could understand, like the dialogue was a little clearer than everyone was making it out to be. Yeah. Like in the theater, I mean, holy shit. Like watching it in, uh, when we went to Ohio to watch it, Watching in a regular theater wasn't that bad, but when we went to IMAX, I'm not going to lie. I kind of wanted earplugs for a little bit because it was just piercing. And the score was like, the score was fine, but like Cassie I did, said. I do, I do fuck with the score. I fuck with. The score's I, awesome. I fuck with the score heavy. Yeah. The, people bitch about the score and I'm like, uh, the score is not the, is not one of the problems with the movie. It fits. It fits the whole aesthetic of that movie. Yeah, I loved um, Ludwig Göransson. Yeah, I loved when uh, the protagonist and uh, Neil were kind of on that first mission where they were breaking into um, oh the art the art gallery. No, the t- yeah the art gallery. Like whenever they were doing spy stuff, mm-hmm. um, Göransson kind of included kind of the the James Bond like pick action guitar a little bit. Like it wasn't necessarily the James Bond theme, but there was like a guitar, there were guitar strings being plucked. Yeah. And I thought that was a cool, I thought that was a cool, that was a cool score choice, but yeah. So, so Neil um, is, is Elizabeth Debicki and Kenneth Branagh's kid, right? Like that's, that's what we're supposed to gather. I think he is. I mean, like it's it's like what it's one thing I don't like about Nolan, but I get it. It's like with Inception, you know, does the top stop spinning? Chris Nolan literally says, "Well, no, I have an answer. I'm but not that part." But that I, I agree with Chris Nolan on the on the Inception top spinning thing, right? Right. Because it doesn't matter, right? Whether Dom is in a dream or he, he's in he, reality, it's hit. It's what he wants, and right? That. He feels fulfilled, and that's what's important. Right. With Tenet, I mean, I read a pretty cool theory. I don't, it's not true, but I, I liked it for a little bit, just people spitballing, that Neil and the girl who, or the scientist, not you know, the lady scientist who um, shows the protagonist about inversion at the beginning. Yeah. Um, they, there was a theory, someone had, I, I gotta find, I'd have to find it again, that they were the son and daughter of Dom Cobb grown up which was cool i mean it would line up with age but i'm like i don't think but it's, I don't also they were but like the scientist has a french accent and neil has an english accent and weren't both of the kids raised in raised in america you're muted lucas yeah they're american 
Yeah, weren't like wasn't like I know Michael Caine was Dom's dad was in was in Paris, but they are in Dom's house in America. Right. Actually, so, Michael Caine was Maul's father. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it, that, she was his father. Or yeah, he was her father. Um, I watched that recently, so that's how I remember that. So, like, but they're in America. So, like, right. why would they grow up and have French and English accents? Yeah, that, that it was just a cool... Someone just probably, you know, talking out of their ass, like, hey, here's my thought. Like yeah. a bleacher, like a bleacher report article. Right, uh, movie rant, uh, screen rant, <laughs> screen rant article. Cinema you pigs never believe this crazy theory about Tenet. Yeah, cinema pigs. Uh, Twenty five <laughs> images of Elizabeth Debicki's feet that prove that. <laughs> I, but I, I got to give the movie credit, and I got to give Chris Nolan credit on he wrote a stronger female lead because he's done a lot of movies where there's a damsel in distress. I wouldn't say interstellar has that because even though Anne Hathaway is like, follow my heart, you know, people kind of took that as, Oh, she's just in love with some guy. And it turned out she was right, you know, but, um, and you know, the dark Knight. you know, you had Rachel and the dark Knight rises, you know, you really didn't, I guess you had Miranda Tate before she became Talia al Ghul. But it it felt like you know Debicki. It was it was kind of cool at the end when she like shoots him. She's like, you know, do you, oh, I forget what she said. I'm. Are you looking at a woman that's full of despair, full of anger, and she, and she lifts up her shirt, and then he realizes, oh fuck, this is future cat. And then you know she, she pops him in the head. Or in the yeah, chest. I mean, like that's the thing I don't understand, right? So that like I just kind of left it alone and said fuck it, like, it, like it like it all works out eventually. Like I'm not going to, I'm not like, I don't care enough about the continuity of tenant. Yeah. To, like invest myself and do extracurricular research. But like at the beginning of the movie, the, the scientist was like, we don't know if like they can send people back yet. They don't know if they can invert people. Oh yeah, that's right. Right. And like when you're inverted, like you appear in like the forward moving timeline is moving backwards. Yeah. You're, 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 you're moving normal, but you look, you look weird to the other people and vice right. versa. You appear that you're moving backwards. Mm-hmm. So my, my, and like, you can't breathe air when you're inverted you can't like in breathe inverted air. So you the molecule, the, the whole chemistry is messed up apparently. Right. So like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I don't understand how that, I don't understand how that aspect works. This, this would be a great movie for Nolan to do a commentary on. Like he doesn't have to spoil shit, but if he were just in the background going, okay, well, here's what this means. Or this is what I had in mind when I wrote it, you know? That well, you have of- the, you have the Blu-ray. You didn't do that for the Blu-ray. I don't think he's ever done a commentary. I'll look. I'll look when we're done. Um, I'm pretty sure he's never done a commentary. Maybe he might have done one for Memento. You know, when he was young and uh, up and coming. But I mean, I would kill to have a Dark Knight commentary with him. And I Jones. just wish at some point, like I think the biggest problem is like Nolan kind of disappeared up his own ass a little bit with this one. Oh yeah, I agree with that. I do in every aspect. Um, he got a little too. I've been watching, I've been rewatching a lot of South Park lately. 
<laughs> and like at some points during Tenant, I imagined Christopher Nolan grabbing a wine glass yep. and sticking it, like sticking it up his ass so it can like smell his own farts through the wine glass. Right. Or like, you know, he farts and then like bends over and like, smells, yeah, gets a whiff of his gooch. Well, like, I think you kind of had to know he was going to be like that with this movie when he was adamant on releasing it when not even 20% of movie theaters in America were open. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a mistake on his end. And um, I mean, he, honestly, like, like I just wish, I just wish he he would have dropped the pretense and been like, yeah, it's fucking time travel. Yeah, like objects invert, people travel, right? Like, you can keep like the inversion stuff, but like, if you go far enough, you're traveling, right? That's yeah. kind of what I kind of wish he had just he'd kind of just like he'd kind of pulled back and been like, "What am I doing here?" You know, like right. I, if, I think he. I think he needs a co-writer. Or you know, I think like his brother like, back. That's one of the things that I think. Like Nolan is definitely in danger of of catching like uh, George Lucas syndrome where he kind of buys into his own hype so much. It's like his downfall. His arrogance is going to hurt him. And it kind of did with this movie. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't like, I think if he had just, if, if everything in the movie had stayed the same, but he had just, instead of time inversion, it was time travel. I think it would be a lot better received. I think people would have been more open to watching it and they wouldn't have been as confused. Right. I Because it honestly wasn't hard to follow. No. But it's just, it, it requires a level of buy-in that a lot of people I don't think are, would be, are going to be willing to, are going to be willing to do. Right. And, you know, I'm sure people saw the previews when this came out and were like, I don't know if I want to risk going back for this. Right. You know, and I think if, I think he'd be waited a year, he should have waited a year because mo- shit's getting pulled, you know, pushed back still. I kept saying he shouldn't have waited a year, but he really should have. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like we're like after a year of this podcast, you know, I can finally say it and not feel like an overly, <laughs> an overly naive douchebag. Like we're at the end. Yeah. Um, Michigan's probably going to be open fully by the end of July. Yeah, absolutely. If like the anti-vaxxers happen, if the anti-vaxxers don't fuck our shit up. Well, the positivity rates are going down like every day. Yeah. So that's and good. If, if people just decide to get the second dose, then that's the start of phase one of our plan. Isn't it? I think it's three different phases. It's, it's tiered. So, um, here's phases. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when, uh, I believe, let me look it up, but I believe it 5.2 million. Yeah. It's a percentage. Um, 5.2 and I think 5.7, then 6.2 million vaccination. He's eventually just going to say, all right, I'm opening it up. Well, that's what, that's what New York is doing. Cuomo and my first. Yeah. Uh, I remember I've been listening to, uh, you know, you know, we're on big, you know, we're both big bar stool guys. I listen to Brandon Walker a lot, and you know, he's a down south boy. He's like, Oh, you know, draw first, so New York City's open up, can't fucking wait. 
Where do you go? I miss it going down south when all this shit happens. I'm like, but see. I get it. It's it's like a, a sink or swim. You know, people, that sounds bad, but the vaccines are literally, you can walk in and get them. I could walk into Walgreens tonight if I didn't get my vaccine and I could say I'd like a vaccine and have it. And yeah. it, it by, by this, by early, by midsummer, we're going to be we're going to be back to normal for the most part. And I really believe it's going to be a hundred percent at Spartan stadium this year. I hope so. I really hope so. That'll feel cathartic walking into our bacon wire Memorial tailgate or out of our bacon wire Memorial tailgate and walking into a stadium with the grow green, go white chant. Correct. I'm just, I'm just killing time while you're looking up the tears. I can't find it fucking Um, anywhere. What the fuck? Let me look. It's like I saw the I saw the fucking I got it. You got it? What is it? Okay. Uh two weeks after four point five million have received <coughs> excuse me, their first vaccine dose, or fifty-five percent of the eligible population, the state will lift requirements that employers mandate employees work remotely where feasible. So remote working is gone unless people wanted to say fuck it and keep doing it. Like my brother work or my brother-in-law works for Zoetis, like a, a chemical company here. And he he got his job in July 2020 and he said he's probably never gonna have to go into an office because he works from his home, which is pretty sick. Um <clears throat> two weeks after 4.9 million have received their first vaccine dose, or 60%, blah blah blah. State will increase indoor capacity for sporting events, conference centers, bank halls, etc., to 25%. Gyms will increase to 50% and curfews on restaurants and bars will be gone. So that'll be a big step. Yeah. So 25% of Spartan Stadium is about 15, 16,000 people. Yeah. And then, which is, which is how many shardies go to a game anyway, shardy. Can't fill the stadium. Uh, two weeks after 5.3 million have received their first dose, 65%. Uh, all indoor capacity restrictions and limits on social gatherings will be lifted. That's a big one. Yeah. That's I mean, basically that's, like go pump up, go, go to Rick's, go have fun. Like that's the fun. end of it. Yeah. That that's the, that's the end of everything. I mean, some mask mandates might still be but, in place. And then the final one is two weeks after 5.7 million. The state will rescind the face mask and gathering order and stop issuing similar rule, similar rules, unless unanticipated circumstances arise. Right. So that's if that dickhead Bill Gates um, doesn't waive patents for the vaccine and it continues to mutate in places like India and, and, it, and a, and a strain pops up that is resistant to all current, to all current vaccines. Mm-hmm. Because people are afraid that if they rescind, people in Hollywood are afraid if they rescind intellectual property rights for the vaccine, that that A twenty four is going to go. Oh, we can make a Mickey Mouse body horror movie, <laughs> or whatever. Right. But people need to get vaccinated. Yeah, cool. it's you dropping. Know. Like, you know. Whatever. I'm not gonna. We don't. Conservatives don't listen to this show. They just don't. I, she. She. Uh, Whitmer's eventually gonna lift this shit and be like, 
you know, to the people who didn't want to get vaccinated, you're on your own. If you get sick, hey, you know, we try we tried helping you. Yeah. So um yeah, you know, it's 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 an get exciting the vaccine, people. Get, get the it. vaccine. Uh you Pfizer know the, represent the, yeah, Pfizer gang. Um <laughs> Lucas, one last thing before we go. Uh, Marvel Marvel Studios. The Hatman. Oh Man. yeah, I got to look at that again. Go go ahead and fill it while I find it. The Hatman Kevin Foggy uh, blessed us with a tweet on our timelines in celebrations of of the movies. They uh, posted you know various clips of of Black Widow, which is coming out you know in July, and Shang Chi, which uh, came out. In September, which comes out in September, um, and we got our first look at at Eternals. It looks interesting. Looks, it does. I'm, I'm trying I'm, to mute the clip. Hey. I'm very excited to. I'm very excited to take a look. Um, we got to be getting a trailer soon. Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, we already have a trailer for Shang Chi. Um, yeah, so, so probably by the end of May, I, I would imagine by the end of May, by Memorial Day, we should have a trailer for Eternals. Yeah, and then, you know... Um, Maybe with uh, Cruella. And, you know, on top of that, uh, you know, similar, you know, they announced, you know, the final release dates, is dates for Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Sick. Can't um, wait for Doctor Strange and Thor. Yeah, um, that's gonna be dope. Uh, Black Panther, we know the title for Black Panther 2. Hmm. It is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I'm curious about that movie. Yeah, I I think I'm I'm very curious about that one too. Um, the Marvels, which is Captain hmm. Marvel 2. Uh, the logo suggests that Miss Marvel will be will be in it. It looks like it, yeah. Uh you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Quantumania. Uh, Guardians Volume Three, and then they keep teasing Fantastic Four. Like, like Fantastic Four is obviously something um, Feige has a lot of is putting a lot of capital and a lot of, you know, he's baking he's baking this motherfucker. You know, this isn't, you know, yeah. If, if Black Widow, if Black Widow is an omelet, like Fantastic Four is like a souffle. I mean, it's been adapted three times. And sure, the second time got a sequel, but it's not. And the like first time, rubber. and the first time was never officially released. Yeah, it was. It it was there though. Like we know of its existence. Right. I mean, if you, but the problem is, if you fuck this up, they're gonna be integral characters in other movies. So, at the very worst thing, if Fantastic Four bombs again, which I highly doubt, I don't think they're gonna fuck this up. I mean, I think I think the most interesting thing about fantastic four is like they keep teasing it they keep showing the logos but Mm -hmm. like so it's obvious that like it's coming but we don't have a cast yet yeah there's you know we know john watts is is directing it so maybe we'll get some kind of teaser at the end of no way home something like just announce like maybe christmas time or something just say hey here's the cast for 
Fantastic Four. It's coming in two years. And I think it's interesting that like there ain't there isn't shit about Blade either. I think that's a ways off. I mean, I bet that's 2024 or shit, 2025. We don't have there's no director for Blade. All we know is Mahershala Mahershala Ali called Kevin Foggy and was like, I want to play Blade. And Kevin Foggy said, How soon can you how soon can you fly out to San Diego? Yeah, that was that was fucking awesome when he showed up. Uh that's what um you know that's kind of where i'm at so i'm glad um, guardians volume three is like it's happening like that's good yeah uh james gunn also uh posted a picture of the title page of the script for the guardians of the galaxy holiday special mark hamill coming uh, yeah i'm excited for that um, I, hope I hope mark hamill's in it yeah uh you know that'll be funny uh i can't wait for his suicide squad movie yeah you know um it's very cool uh we're almost at the end you know almost at the end of this yeah Mar- marvel coming back means the earth is healing yep get your get your get your 5g chip it's worth it i promise your coverage is so much better in rural areas yep uh buy microsoft products we need, we need to support bill gates in his time of need we need to, we need to support microsoft yeah, um, obviously, it's like fifty billion a year. We need to help. <gasps> Excuse me, we need to help him. Obviously, Melinda Gates got the Moderna vaccine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, what does Big Cat say? Love his dad. Oh, love his dad. Like, what does he say with uh, Chrissy Teigen and John? I'm rooting for them. You know, you're rooting for him. You're rooting for him. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's all I got for this week. Lucas, thank you as always. No problem, bud. Thank you for listening. Until next week, we're out. Go green. Go white. <laughs>